Open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall proclaim, proclaim your praise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Corinth, in the time of Paul, was a cosmopolitan city. It was an ancient city that was actually raised by Roman consul Mummius in 146 BCE. And then in 44 BCE, under the watch of Julius Caesar, the city was rebuilt. And about 100 years after it was rebuilt was when Paul made his mission to go to Corinth to plant a church there. Corinth was a thriving city. It was made up mostly of Roman freedmen and of veteran legionnaires, but there were also some Syrians and some Egyptians, some Jews and some Greeks, and the disparity between the rich and the poor was great. But in the city of Corinth, if you worked hard and had a lot of luck, you could increase your standing. Corinth had many theaters, they had um, lots of marketplaces. They had games. They even had a temple to the goddess Aphrodite and over a thousand prostitutes. So I guess you could say that what happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. Well, there were also in Corinth, one of the things that many people saw were orators who would stand on the corners and they were very talented but what they did was they talked and they tried to persuade people to what their thinking was. And they were, some of them were very much performance-minded and some of them would use dazzle, but they dressed the part and they looked really good. And Paul stood out in the midst of them talking. And while Paul was really, really talented at the written word, and I look to Romans and you can't doubt that, but he wasn't such a great speaker, and he didn't bother to dress the part like the other orators did either. He wanted the gospel to speak for itself, and so it did. Well, Mark Twain was often quoted as saying that history may not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And I can see many rhymes between Corinth in Paul's time in our world today. There's the rich and the poor disparity. And especially what strikes me is, are the people who are our wisdom of the days and our leaders of our nations who talk, but they don't always agree. And some of the things that they say leave us scratching our heads and wondering. And some of the wise and the sages say things, and then they retract things and say something else. And so it takes a while to figure out how we should react. And this last week, as I was writing this sermon, what I really wanted to do was stand up here and say, all you need to do is love one another, because love conquers all. That's all you need is love. And our presiding bishop always said that if it's not about, if it's not about love, it's not about God. But as the week went on, and I did want to preach on 1 Corinthians, I started getting pulled towards the gospel. And that's not a bad thing. But I did not want to get pulled 
toward the gospel. Because our gospel today is about Jesus who goes into the temple and he finds a marketplace and he finds animals and money changers in the, the outskirts of the temple. And those outskirts were where the Gentiles and those who could not enter the inner temple went to pray. And when there was a marketplace with animals and money changers and all the noise, it was really not possible to pray. And the second thing was, is those who had traveled a long distance could not bring their animals for the sacrifice. And so they had to buy their animals. And of course, that led to some pretty good price gouging, I would imagine. So Jesus went in and he was angry. He took a whip made of cords and he drove out all of the animals and he drove out the money changers and he overturned the tables and scattered the money. And you can just imagine the chaos that was taking place with the animals running and people moving out of the way and change going everywhere and tables flying. This was an angry Jesus. I don't deal well with anger and I don't deal well with an angry Jesus. I did not want to preach on the gospel, but that's where I found myself being led. So I called our oldest daughter, who is a counselor in Arkansas. She works for community health. And I knew that she was dealing this week with the students and the staff and the families of um, Watson Chapel Junior High, where there was a shooting last Monday and a student died. And I could just imagine that she was dealing with the anger and the grief and wondering how she was handling that. So I called her up and I said, Karen, talk to me about anger. Talk to me about righteous anger. Help me understand. And what she told me was anger is an emotion. Anger is an emotion that is in response to an ethical or moral boundary being crossed. It is a response where we are trying to fix something and make it right. But aggression, on the other hand, is against the person who is doing the action. And so our anger is focused on the action and aggression is focused on the person. So anger Righteous anger is a good thing. It will help to fix the problems and may help make things right. And so I began to understand that Jesus in the temple, those in the marketplace had crossed that boundary between what was right and what was God's laws and taking care of God's people. And so that angry Jesus that was a good thing. And actually, I came to see that it was probably based on love. The other thing I really wanted to talk about in Corinthians was the cross. And when Paul talks about, he preaches the Christ, the, um, Christ crucified. And I've always wondered about that because I thought I wanted to say, you preach the Christ crucified and resurrected. But he doesn't go there. He talks about preaching Christ crucified. But in reality, that crucifixion that Jesus went to 
with love. He wasn't aggressive towards anybody who was taking him in or leading him to the cross. But he went with love for all of mankind. And as he hung on the cross, that was that pivotal moment in history that was and is and will be that moment in history when everything changed. All of the world changed because Jesus Christ won redemption for all of us and opened the doors for us to have eternal life. So the three things that I took away from my journey this last week of reflection on Corinthians and unwillingly of the gospel was number one, through all the things that are happening in our life, all the chaos and all the uncertainty and not knowing really who to listen to or how to handle all of the things that are happening in our lives, we need to look for and find Jesus and follow him. And whatever we do, react with love for one another and love for God. And number two, when we see injustice, when we see oppression and violence, it's okay to get angry. And maybe we get, need to get angry and take a stand. Take a stand for God. Take a stand for Jesus. We need to stand as individuals. We also need to stand as the body of Christ and of the church. And we need to not be afraid of standing up for what is right and maybe being angry in the process. And number three, through all of the things that are happening, we need to push aside the noise and find our way to Jesus who is waiting in the scripture for us. And we need to walk with him, alongside of him, following him toward the cross as he opened his arms on the hardwood of the cross and he gained redemption for all of us, for all of eternity.